Hello, everybody, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Oh James, a podcast where I'm going to give you peace of my mind every week or whenever I feel like it. Um, I started in the political podcast world, and I considered starting it back up. I only did a couple of episodes over at Moxie Publications, if you want to go listen to that. But as a government major, it started to just kind of, the idea of it kind of felt like work. Um, it didn't feel like something that would be that would be fun. It just felt like it would be talking about what I'm talking about in my classes. So I decided to just start talking. And if anybody wanted to listen to me, then that would be great. So I'm just going to talk about whatever I want. You know, maybe some weeks it'll be Marvel. Maybe some weeks it will be um, theater. Maybe sometimes it will be po- politics. Who knows? And some weeks it is going to be figure skating like this week. It's kind of uh, an introduction to myself, these first couple episodes are going to be. You might not super care if you don't know me, but it's going to be good to look back on when I do more episodes of this because what I'm going to talk about today, the levels of figure skating, the basics of figure skating, I'm just going to be offhandedly referencing. Um, And, you know, you don't want to go in any given You don't want to go off on a tangent about the rules of figure skating and any given thing. So I just wanted to cover my bases here so that I can say, and if you don't know what ice dance is, look back to the first um, episode. So here we are. Um, Some things about my skating career. I am what they call a quadruple gold medalist, which means I have passed four of the um, highest levels of um, four of the disciplines of figure skating. That's going to be moves in the field, Free skate, solo pattern dance, and solo free dance. Um, so let's just start talking about moves in the field. I'll finish my skating autobiography later. Moves in the field is uh, essentially what I would define it as, is a set of tests that shows your mastery of a variety of basic figure skating moves that starts to feel progressively less basic as you go along. These are the building bo- building blocks of a figure skating program. Um, things like spirals, um, which are where you lift your leg up in the air. Um, different types of turns, um, which I've become very passionate about. Uh, turns you can just work on forever. Um, it's not like jumps where you um, where you hit a certain point where your body is just exhausted and you're not going to improve anymore. Um, and you're potentially going to hurt yourself by going anymore. Um, turns are not like that. Turns are, um, to me, very fun um, if you're good at them. They are also extremely frustrating if you're not good at them. Um, some other things on a moves in the field test would be a, uh, a set of twizzles, um, which is um, defined as a series of unchecked three turns, and that means nothing to most of you. Um, it's like a spin except for you're moving across the ice. You're not supposed to stay in that one spot is the best way that I can define it in layman's terms. Um, You know, the funny thing about moves in the field is that the levels, um, same levels as free skate, it goes um, pre-preliminary, preliminary, pre-juvenile, juvenile, juvenile, intermediate, uh, novice, junior, and senior. Gosh, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. I don't think, yeah. Yeah, it's pre-preliminary, preliminary, pre-juvenile, juvenile, intermediate, junior, no, intermediate, novice, junior, senior. 
They get progressively harder. I would say that the hardest moves in the field test, um, just based on skill, is the novice moves in the field test, which you're going to go, huh, Jamie, why are there things past that? I will answer that. They are going to judge you more harshly on your presentation after novice because they are giving you, you know, definitionally easier things. They're going to expect a higher level of presentation, which is um, speed, how you hold your shoulders, how you hold your arms, bringing the energy all the way through to the tips of your fingers, not letting your hands sag down, um, paying attention to every part of your body, pointing your toes, which a lot of people think that you can't do in a skate. You can't point your foot all the way, but there is a big difference. If any of you want to go into figure skating, or if you're new in figure skating and you hear a bunch of people say, well, you can't point your foot. Yes, you can. That is the big difference between just letting your foot be kind of limp and engaging those muscles. Even though you can't point it all the way, you can still tell in the difference of the look. As you can tell, I am very passionate about this sport. Um, so let's talk about the next um, type of test that you're going to pass, next discipline, we'll call it. Um, the free skate test, that's essentially what you see on TV uh, at the Olympics. You'll see... Um, when the people are going out alone and they're skating to their four-minute piece of music, that they're skating a senior program, um, a senior free skate program. Um, they are also going to be skating a short, but you're not tested on the short. You're only tested on the free skate. Short is only for competition, um, which I will detail um, competitions later, which I'm very excited about. So... Free skate, you do a um, required set of jumps and spins that are set to music, um, just like you see at the Olympics, but the levels are just like moves in the field. So you do your pre-preliminary test, and pre-preliminary doesn't always require music. You can have music or you cannot have music. You just have to do those jumps and spins. Um, so that's really interesting. But once you get to preliminary and on, you are going to have... Um, to do it with music, and it's going to be a certain um, set of time. So for um, for senior, it's four minutes plus or minus ten seconds. They give you that buffer. Um, but sometimes you have to read the rules very carefully. Sometimes it's going to be a maximum of however many seconds. It's not going to be. Uh, so one time I made that mistake um, in a showcase competition. I forget exactly how long it was, but mine was um, was outside of the range um, because I confused plus or minus 10 seconds and um, a maximum of however many seconds. So that's very interesting. Free skate, again, essentially what you see on TV. Dance. I love dance. So... Um, I got the gold medal in pattern dance, and I could get a second gold medal if I did um, these um, six higher-level dances, which are called international dances. They're called that because that is what is um, competed in – competed? Competed, yeah. That is what is competed in um, international competition at the senior level. Um, so all of these that I'm talking about, all of these tests are just U.S.-based except for international dances. Internationals would be another um, another gold medal. I'm going to be calling them internationals um, or golds or silvers. 
Um, that's the kind of level that is in um, dance. So interesting thing about dance, it is not like moves in the field and free skate where you have those set levels and one test means you pass one level. Um, there's going to be preliminary, pre-bronze, pre bronze, pre-silver, silver, pre-gold, pre gold, gold. And once you pass your gold, you get the gold medal in dance. Then you would pass your internationals and you would get another gold medal in your internationals. So it depends on each level what um, how many dances are in it. But there's about three dances in each level. Um, I believe senior is the only one that has four dances. I really could be wrong because, again, it's been a while since I've taken these tests. I am only working on international dances at this point um, because that is what I am competing at the collegiate and at the solo dance level. Um, and solo dance is something that I will also explain later in this podcast. Um, remind me. I'm kidding. You can't remind me. So dance, what dance is, what pattern dance is. I did solo pattern dance, um, which means I did it without a partner. Um, because boys are in such high demand. It's a lot more work to, especially as you get into those higher level dances, find a boy to test with. You will usually have a coach to test you out. Um, but I was getting to the point where I was um, at the same level as my coach. Um, so there was no there was no further um, testing with that coach for me. Um, if I get a partner, <laughs> I will um, go back and I will test all those dances and that should be relatively easy. Um, so a pattern dance is a set of steps to music that you must recreate. Um, the, they will give you music at the test session that you skate to, but it will be a certain amount of beats per minute. So the very important thing is in dance is that you do, um, deep edges, um, clean turns, and that you stay on the music. Some coaches don't like this, but me personally, I am counting the entire time when I'm dancing. So let's say I'm doing the Midnight Blues, um, and I'm going one, two, three, four, and one, two, three, four, and the entire time in my head. Um, just because I want to make sure that my steps are sharply on those beats. And in the rule book, where you will find the moves in the field um, patterns and the dance patterns, which just means um, it's like a, um, a visually like um, drawn out thing telling you what to do. That's, a, that's your pattern. In dance, it will tell you what count you're supposed to be on in the music and how long um, each step should take. So if it should take one beat or four beats or two beats, or if it's a waltz, it could take three beats or six beats. Um, you can tell I really love dance. So that's, that's pattern dance. And I tested solo pattern dance. Uh, that is what I got my gold medal in. That's what I got my gold medal in. So technically I could go back and, um, I could do partner dance and get another gold medal in that. Um, I don't believe that you can do internationals solo. Um, just because of how the dances are created, there are certain things where you just cannot do them alone. And for the solo dance series, which I will tell you about later, I know I keep saying that, but for the solo dance series, um, they actually adjust um, the international patterns um, so that you can skate them on your own, which is very interesting. Um, so let's move on to 
free dance. Free dance is similar to pattern dance in the way that they both can be done either partnered or solo. Um, I got my gold medal in solo free dance. Free dance is going to be a program, kind of like free skate, um, but it does not have the same elements. So it's going to be a set of twizzles, um, either lifts or edge elements, if you're doing partnered or solo, and a spin, um, one spin if you're doing um, free dance. I mean, sorry, one spin if you're doing solo free dance. And honestly, I'm not quite sure how many spins are in partnered free dance. That is just something that's not my area of expertise. I hope to make it my area of expertise someday. I would like to get a partner and I would like to be um, competitive. While I love solo free dance, um, or the while I love solo dance in general, uh, you can't go to any international competitions. Um, solo dance has a separate nationals. Um, so it is not as... Um, recognized or um, solidified a discipline as partnered dance. And there are just beautiful things that you can do with um, with partnered dance that you can't do in solo dance. There's that connection with another person, which is, you know, the beauty of, of acting is that connection to another person. Um, and that's that's something that I've grown to love about it. And that's something that I can bring to um, to figure skating that you're not normally, that you don't normally bring that relationship that you have with that one person. And, um, so just, if you really want to see the beauty of, um, of partner dance, I would look up, uh, Papadakis and Cicerone, um, Papadakis, P-A-P-A-D-A-K-I-S, uh, and Cicerone, they're French, um, if you look up Papadakis, you'll be able to find Cicerone. Um, I am, I was not the winner of the spelling bee, as you can tell. Um, another beautiful partnership that I don't think gets the recognition that, um, that it should, quite frankly. And I'm a little biased because, um, because I do take lessons from the man in the partnership, Logan. Um, they were, you know, in the, what I would think is the golden age of American ice dance is, um, is back in like, the 20, the early 2010s, um, maybe a little bit before 2010, but you know, it's Marilyn Charlie, a good one to look up. Um, and the Shibatanis, um, and Logan Gietti Schmidt and, um, Lynn Krinkerot. I'm really not sure if I'm pronouncing either of their last names completely correctly, but look them up. They are amazing and the connection they have they're the underrated couple i believe um logan and lynn the connection that they have on the ice is just unmatched um you know and that was really the golden age of american ice dance in my opinion and um of course we have beautiful couples nowadays but i was just talking in my class about this this is a little bit of a tangent but i really want to go on it because i think that it's important some things that I see with um, with some of the top couples, even a little bit Papadakis and Cizeron, even though I love their Moonlight Sonata, I think that is the best program by far <laughs> that um, that I've seen. Um, but even them nowadays, a little bit. It's um, not Hubble and Donahue. They're they're um, they're pretty good. Um, pretty good. I mean, they're matching that flavor of the, what I would call the golden age of ice dance. Um, but it's, um, 
it's Chalk and Bates, quite frankly, um, who are um, a little, it's a little bit of making it to be novel and a little bit of the same thing I see a little bit with um, Cizeron and Papadakis in their latest program is listening to what the music is telling you to do and doing the opposite thing. This is going to sound so heady to people who aren't in the arts. Um, I would classify figure skating as not only a sport but an art. Um, but there, as, in, as a creative person, and I've done a little bit of choreography myself, you, you know what the music is telling you to do. Like, you figure, you figure that out. Um, and what the music is telling me to do... I do. <laughs> but what I'm seeing some days in in the ice dance scene is trending a little bit towards listening to what the music is telling you to do and doing the exact opposite for quote unquote art. I I think that I think that art is at the end of the day truthfulness. Um and so I I I think that it's just a little bit of a novelty to listen to what the music is telling you to do and to be like no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be different. Don't be different for the sake of being different. As someone who I called myself last night um, a chronic individualist, I don't want to be different for the sake of being different. That is, that is boring to me. I want to be different because I am prompted to be different. And, you know, that's what, that's what it means to me to be a Christian. I'm not different for the sake of being different. I'm different because I am called to be different. And... I'm not being different because I want to be different. I'm being different because the whole world is mean and nasty and I'm supposed to be not mean and nasty. And if I'm in a group of people who are kind and sweet and not mean and nasty and I say, well, I'm supposed to be different, so I'll be mean and nasty. That's not how life should work, you know? And so that's that's what I would bring Um like that that's what I would say about the um the trends of the current ice dance scene. I think that the early twenty tens was the golden age of ice dance. I mean Marilyn Charlie, American ice dance at least. Marilyn Charlie winning gold at the Olympics, I mean, just un just amazing. I mean, an amazing performance. And again, because they were alternates for the Olympics, um, Lynn and Logan, um, I think they get a little bit forgotten. Um, which is a shame. Um, because their connection on the ice and their connection to the audience is, is just downright fantastic and unparalleled and something that inspires me to want to go into partner ice dance is seeing those performances. So please look up all of those people if you're not, um, if you're not familiar, um, with them. Um, I think that I'm going to talk a little bit about my competition history. Um, and my skating history in general. I started skating at, um, gosh, it was the summer before second grade. Um, so how old was I? Like six, seven, maybe? Maybe seven. Um, I clearly didn't do the math before this podcast. I'm not going to do it now. Um, so I was like six or seven. I started skating and, um, then I broke my arm, (laughs) like a couple months later in like September and I started skating probably early in the summer. So I had to stop skating for a little while. 
a couple months, you know, it wasn't the end of the world. And then I went back to it. And um, I had been doing gymnastics for a little while, and I decided to do skating instead of gymnastics when I came back from breaking my arm. That was that was the choice. It was, okay, you're going to do skating or you're going to do gymnastics? And I was like, okay, I'm going to do skating because it's new. And that is so anti um, my instincts nowadays is my instincts nowadays um, are, oh, no, I'm going to do what I'm good at. I'm not going to go, oh, well, you know, I did gymnastics for a little while, but, you know, I should do skating because it's newer. And so, like, I'm not as good at it, so I'll pursue that. That is so not, um, not me. Um, which is very interesting because it was me. Um, and, you know, me and, me and my friends have had, uh, have had conversations about that, um, because particularly people who are drawn to figure skating, I've noticed this, because figure skating is a, I would probably call it a holistic sport or an athletic art, um, someone who is a perfectionist is going to be drawn to figure skating. Um, someone who wants to be good um, is going to be drawn to figure skating, and that is, um, that is definitely me. Um, I want to be good. I don't just want to be ordinary. Um, if I'm not going to be successful, I don't really want to do it, um, which is a flaw. You know, you should try everything. And, you know, you got to recognize the flaws in yourself. This is getting a little bit deep for a comedy podcast called O. James. But, you know, it's a good tangent. This is where my brain is. Um, so my competition history. Uh, I was skating and, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a blur. I had gotten kind of competitive. Uh, I wasn't like the best. Um, in any way, shape, or form. I broke my leg in sixth grade, so I had to take, like, six months off. I broke my leg in, like, September. I mean, this is, I guess, a little bit of a thread, you know? I'm hurting myself in September. Um, but I broke my leg definitely in September. And, um, six months later, uh, about six months, it was February. I was back on the ice. I know. Insane. I was back on the ice in February. I broke my leg in September. It's a funny story how I broke my leg. I, um, there's this thing called power class. So, you know, you fast forward four years and I'd gotten to a place where I was competitive enough to be starting, um, not starting, to be participating in power classes, which are, um, to build your endurance and, um, your power. And you also work on edges. So it's a little bit of, um, when you're exhausted, learning how to still, um, like do things well to not just be like I'm so tired I can't do anything well it's like no 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 you're going to do rockers and counters and choctaws and twizzles when you're tired you're going to do 16 brackets in a row when you're tired um that was that was something that we did in class that was very funny I barely knew what a bracket was but so uh, we were doing at the end what um well most people call them ladders nowadays but in my day we called them suicides so we were doing suicides, and that is where, you know those lines on, on an ice rink? So if, if you look at an ice rink, Google an ice rink, um, there are circles and dots, and there are lines. So we would start on the first line, and we would go to the second line and back, third line back, fourth line back, last line back, and then we would go all the way, tap the boards, and that would be, we would be done suicides and it was kind of a race because well when you are trying to go fast and there's a group of children it is definitely most definitely a race and you 
one rule of suicide is that you have to keep your feet on the ground at all times. And now I know that it's because if you pick up your foot and you hit your toe pick in the ice and you splat forward and you break your nose, that would not be good. Um, because if you're just scrambling to go as fast as you can and you're picking up your feet, you could hit that toe pick. The toe pick is the like spiky part on the front of your skate. Um, so that's why you have two feet on the ground. But I still managed to hurt myself, even though I had two feet on the ground the whole time. It's because I wanted to win. Um, and so I'm a very competitive person by nature. That's why I made it as far as I did um, in, or as far as I have so far in figure skating. Um, because I want to win, as we've already covered. So I'm going as fast as I can, as fast as I can. And I um, would usually um, kind of start hitting the brakes um, about, you know, midway before the last line. Um, and then I would still be at like a certain speed and I would I would hit the boards so that I didn't have to completely stop before I hit the boards so that I could still have that speed. Everyone did it. Um, but, you know, I got hurt doing it. <laughs> and then there was a rule where you had to completely stop before you hit the boards um, after I broke my leg because my skates were dull. So um, the sharper your skates are, the, the easier it is to stop. So if you have a, if you have a dull skate, it's going to be a lot harder to, to stop. Um, and so I started stopping and I realized that, oh shoot, uh, I'm not going to stop. And so I just hit the boards full force. And, uh, if you know what a spiral break is, it's essentially where your bone like twists so much that it breaks. So my one, when you're in a figure skating boot, a lot of people compare it to a cast it keeps your ankle relatively stiff. Um, I don't know if I did that in this take, but in at least one of the takes, I talked about um, how you can still point your foot. That is a myth. You can still point your foot, but that skate is still pretty tight against your ankle. Now, I wear my skates really tight, too. Um, there are some people that like tying their skates a little looser, like tying their skates tighter. I am a tight skate person because I don't want to break my ankle. That's why your skates are so, are, are made like they are made to be so, um, so tough is so that, you know, your ankle doesn't like give out and you don't break your ankle because you're on such a thin blade. Um, and so I wear my boot tight anyways, and they're tip and they're stiff period. So, um, my foot twisted all the way um, I, well, we don't know how far it twisted because nobody was paying attention to that, but my foot twisted and it snapped back and it broke. I broke my leg and it was really funny because one of the moms, um, she, I'm going to get in trouble for this. One of the moms, she was a, um, it's not bad, but she was a marathon runner. Um, and so she, she picked me up and, um, she's like, don't worry. I carried a kid with asthma all the way to the end of the marathon. I can carry you. You're a lot lighter than uh, than she is. So I, so she picked me up and she is running to because I was on the other end of the ice to where the the lobby was. So you put your skates on in the lobby and you jump on the ice. I was on the complete I, I um I wrecked on the complete other end of the ice. So someone was gonna have to carry me, um because there's no way I was walking on that thing. It immediately swell up, swelled up like a goose egg. That's what my mom called it. She's like, yeah, you have a goose egg on your leg. And that's why they thought it couldn't be broken because it swole, it's, it swelled up so fast. It swelled up. That is the correct grammar. Because it swelled up so fast, they didn't think it was broken. 
I don't know why. Um, you'll have to ask my friend Haley. She's uh, she's a science person. Um, exercise science is her major, so I'll have to ask her. But <laughs> my leg swelled up so fast that they didn't think it was broken. Um, but this lady picks me up and she goes, she's running me back to the lobby. And I'm like, I am, I'm very much appreciating the comedy of this now. Um, I introduced myself in class earlier today. I was like, hi, I'm Jamie and I can make a joke out of anything. Um, and it's true. It's true because anything can be funny if you look at it the right way. Um, yeah, we're not going to challenge that. Um, (laughs) Anything can be funny if you look at it the right way. You can find a positive in any situation. Um, but I'm very much appreciating the comedy of that moment right now. And um, the comedy of the whole breaking of my leg thing. It was very funny because um, carried me up to the car. And I, I laid in the back of the car. And I was like, hey, at least I don't have to do my lesson today. Isn't that awful? You break your leg and you're like, hey. Bright side, I don't have to do my lesson today. Oh my gosh, you know? (laughs) It's like, you know, I considered getting a new coach. I mean, this power class was at 7 in the morning. um, So it wasn't early morning. (laughs) I didn't really want to do my lesson afterwards because my legs were all tired. Um, So nothing bad to say about the coach. Just my legs were tired. Um, But that was... A very funny thing to me. I'm I'm laying in the back of my car. We have a bench seat at the very back of our car, um, our minivan that we still have to this day. Um, And my friend lets me borrow her pillow pet. It was a – do you guys remember pillow pets? I hope you do because they were hilarious to me. I never got one um, because just, you know, there were things that were more important like American Girl dolls, you know? Like why have like seven pillow pets when you could have one American Girl doll, you know? Um, but I, I was so excited to borrow my friend's pillow pet. I thought she was so sweet. It was a, it was the pink ladybug. Um, it was the pink, I think it was pink and purple ladybug pillow pet. Um, and I was so happy to have that thing. Oh, I was over the moon. Um, but we stopped into the urgent care and my mom went in. The funny thing is they told, uh, they told her, um, don't bother bringing me in. They're just going to send me to the emergency room anyways, after just describing what my leg looked like. Um, so we went straight to the emergency room. And I was like, oh my gosh, we have to go over more freaking potholes? That's not what I said as a sixth grader. But that was the emotional thread of the moment is we have to go over more dang potholes. This was a long enough ride already. But they picked me up and they put me in a little wheelchair and they wheeled me in. So that was fun. Uh, they also tried to make me stand on it. And you know the ironic thing is, right after I said, you know, it's not super hurting, it only hurts if I move. They were like, okay, well, uh, bad news, we're going to move you. And I was like, excuse me? How rude, you know? Like, how rude? Can you believe it? Right after I say it only hurts when we move, I think because I had a bunch of adrenaline in my system, it's only going to hurt when I move. And they're like, okay, well, uh, (laughs) we're going to move you. Oh. But I was off until February for that injury. Um, and mom thought that I was, mom and dad thought that I was never going to come back to skating because that's how I broke my leg. No, uh, at that point I just avoided walls. Um, I still do, man. Sometimes I get flashbacks. Like, um, I was at Synchro. I was on a Synchro team, um, which, so 
Well, I'll tell the story, then I'll tell you what a synchro team is. But we, in our program, we had to go close to the wall. And every time I was like, I'm going to hit the wall. I'm going to hit the wall. And at this point, I was in like eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade. Well, no, probably eighth grade, eighth and ninth grade, I think. I'm not sure. Very fuzzy. Um, but so, you know, this was like two, three years after I'd broken my leg going into a wall. I mean, come on, you know, a little bit, you know, this is a little bit torturing kids, you know what I mean? Looking back on it. But so synchronized skating um, is where, well, to put it simply, you have a bunch of girls on the ice and they're all doing um, the same thing um, or something very similar. They're all skating the same program. Um, and so you'll have like a group of four doing a certain thing and then another group of four doing a certain thing. And it all comes together to make a um, like an image. I'm explaining synchro very badly. I am not, I do not skate synchro. Um, Because like I said earlier, I am a chronic individualist. Um, So the idea of looking the exact same as everybody else and not being able to do my own, you know, artistic expression, um, you know, doing my hair the way I want, doing, having my dress the way I want it, having my tights the color I want them, because they they, mat, they usually match your skin tone, but um, in Synchro, you would usually have all the tights the same color, all the tights the same brand. Um, you know, just, just little things like that. I like doing, <laughs> I like having things be my way. Um, well, not my way. Well, yeah, my way. But <laughs> I like being an individual um, because I'm a creative person. And so it is part of my creative process of bringing a program together is deciding on the dresses. For the past uh, couple seasons, I designed my dresses, um, my, my figure skating dresses. And that is something that is very important to me because I have a specific vision of what I want it to, of what I want something to be, which, you know, is, is going to be very interesting. Um, if I do get into partner dance, because, um, you know, there are things that I will have to compromise on. And, um, so that'll be a, that'll be a good way to stretch myself, I think. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a very stubborn person, (laughs) but I'm also a very trusting person. So I trust, um, I, I trust people who I deem trustworthy, who I deem as experts. So, um, Logan, who I talked about earlier, who's fantastic, um, at Ice Dance and who is, um, my coach in Dallas, where I don't, um, live full-time at this moment in time. I would love to do that in the future. Live full-time in Dallas and, uh, compete partner dance. Um, I don't, I don't live full-time there yet. He's not my full-time coach yet, but I very much trust Logan. Um, his, um, his, you know, his choreography for the programs, because I, he's who does my programs. Um, I trust, I completely trust his artistic vision. Um, and I know that there's always a, um, always a place for me to, um, to have my input. And if I, if I'd like to put my input, um, so if he's going to be my partner dance coach, I will, I will have less of a hard time, um, giving over that creative freedom um, that I so dearly miss when I, when I do synchro. 
Um, my synchro history, I did a little bit of synchro. Um, sorry, that was the creaking of my boots if you heard that. Um, I have these cute new boots. Anyway, um, very nice for the snow up here in Lynchburg at this point. Anywho, um, my synchro history, I did two years of synchro in, um, at RDV, um, and that was, um, an ISI synchro. So, um, ISI, uh, usually does the 6.0 scale of judgment, which is, um, you know, in my opinion, um, a lot more, uh, can, can end up being a lot more biased, um, and a lot more subjective is subjective is the best word than IJS in IJS certain, um, certain elements have certain, um, certain point values and, um, those point values, um, are going to be plus or minus depending on if the judge, um, gives you pot, uh, thinks that it had, um, you know, like better than a baseline or lower than a baseline. And those are some relatively objective standards. Um, what an above baseline jump is if you're an expert, if you know what you're looking at or what a below average jump is. If you're an expert, you are able to see that. Um, alrighty. So I'm going to take a little break and I will be back soon. I'll be back in just a second for you guys. Alrighty, we are back to talk more about synchro, synchronized skating for long, synchro for short. Um, which, you know, fun fact, it used to be called um, precision skating. Um, which is really funny because all skating takes precision. But, you know, there's a specific precision that comes with um, synchronized skating. You all need to be doing the same thing at the same time. There's no room for um, for in the moment changing um, by an individual person. Um, it's a lot more structured um, and a lot more, um, I would say, strict. Um, and I myself am a free spirit. Um, <laughs> but so I did two years in an ISI team, um, which was kind of a just for fun team to me. Um, and... Now in college, I did one season with um, the Liberty um, synchronized skating team, um, and this team and this year, um, this season, I stayed on board as a um, emergency alternate, um, which means that in that I would be on call um, in any competition that would, um, if um, a skater happened to drop out, I would be on call for that competition. Um, which is, which has happened. Um, I, because of, you know, extenuating circumstances on the team, I am going to be skating. Well, I skated one competition last semester and um, I skated, um, I'm going to be skating, pardon me. I'm going to be skating um, for nationals for the team um, this semester. So that is going to be a very interesting experience. Um, there's a lot less pressure on it in my opinion, um, like for, for me personally, um, because I tend to put a lot of pressure on myself. So there's a lot less pressure for me to, um, for, for me to not just perform well, um, but putting, um, less of my, less of my worth in it. Um, you know, cause you get so caught up in wanting to, um, impress someone and wanting to be good enough and that you don't actually, improve at some point and that um even if you are 
improving skating wise, you're destroying yourself in the process, whether that be emotionally or physically, um, that you're just putting too much out that, um, that you're just running your body down and that you're putting too, that you're putting too much thought to it emotionally outside of practice time, that it's, that it's hurting you mentally. Um, so that was a very interesting experience, um, last year. And it's a very interesting experience being on a different, um, you know, for some people, it would be more pressure because it's um, it's not that certainty of knowing when you're going to skate and what you're going to do and just being there consistently, um, like every practice and just like having that routine. But for me, it's a lot less pressure because I don't have that um, I don't have that routine and I just get to kind of like my last experience, I just get to run off that adrenaline, you know. Um, so I did a couple years, um, in, in where we are in my skating, I did a couple years in that synchro and that was a little bit just, um, to the side, like a kind of side thing for me. What I was really competing in is free skate. Um, and that is where you do the jumps and the spins. Um, and I, I, my best competition I ever did with not, not necessarily the one I was most proud of. Um, cause that was one that is years down the line from, from this moment. The one that I did that, um, I compete that I placed the best in was in pre, in pre-juvenile. So we remember our levels pre-preliminary. Well, and in skating there's, or in competition, there's no test pre-preliminary, preliminary, pre-juve, juve, so on. So I, um, was competing in pre-juve and I got first place. I was, I was, I was over the moon. I, that was the only time I have actually cried tears of joy because I was so not expecting it. You know, I've always been a little bit of an underdog. And, you know, that also plays into the idea of, um, you know, if it's, if if I'm not going to be really good at it, then I don't want to do it. It's also, if it's not going to be challenging, like if it's not going to be rewarding to be good at it, I don't want to do it. I don't just want to, you know, sit on my laurels and, you know, do what we call sandbagging, which is sit at a level where you know you're going to be really good and it's really um, a level below you. Not below you, but it you're skating below your level. So um, it's really not fair for a lot of the other people. Um, and sandbagging is super duper um, subjective. So... Really, sometimes what people call sandbagging is just um, people being good. You know, if you're, um, oh, I don't know, if you're uh, Alyssa Liu or Mariah Bell and you're taking first place at senior, there's you're not sandbagging. There's no level above you. You're just doing really, really well. Now, if you were skating in the juvenile level and you were skating like Mariah Bell or Alyssa Liu, who are two of our top people, or Amber Glenn, whom I just adore, um, then you would be sandbagging. You would totally be sandbagging. Um, and um, I don't even know where I was going with this. Oh, yeah. So I didn't expect to get first. Um, I've always been a little bit of an underdog. That's what I was saying. Always been a little bit of an underdog. Did not expect to get first, but I did, and I it was it was amazing, um, and so, uh, so then I moved up to juvenile, 
And um, I did okay, but I didn't do super well. And we also, we had, we went back and we completely took apart my skating. Um, we, because I, there are usually, there are kind of two categories of skater. Category um, one, a strong skater, like just someone who is going to have that muscle and be able to pop those jumps up really high. And then someone who is like flexible and someone who is able to really spin those jumps really quickly. Um, and I definitely fell into the category of a strong skater. Um, and so I could, I could muscle through, um, those double jumps, which are all the jumps where you go in the air and you spin twice. Um, and then you come down. I could muscle through those, but when it was going to come try, come time to do, well, and I, I was muscling through them, but they weren't pretty. I was landing on my feet. They weren't pretty. And when it came time to do triples, I would not be able to do triples with the technique that I had. So after that season, where um, in the middle of the season, I switched from pre-juve to juve. So juvenile, juve. I switched from pre-juve to juve. Um, we, after that regionals, we completely took apart my skating. We completely tried to build it from the ground up. And I uh, obviously did not have a great season. <laughs> I don't remember. I do not remember what I was. I feel like I was intermediate that season. Oh, gosh, that's going to kill me. I don't know. I didn't look back for this. This is all from the depths of my memory. And as you can tell, uh, after listening to 45 minutes of this, this is all stream of consciousness. The only parts that I planned, um, the only notes I have are the very beginning where I say a podcast where I will give you peace of my mind every week or whenever I feel like it. And I said, you know, started in the political podcast world, but government major just felt like work. It's literally what I have written down. Then I have uh, my definition of moves in the field. I have my definition of free skate, my definition of dance, my definition of free dance. Um, I have very scant notes, and I've just been going on as long as I wanted to. Um, I'll click back on the notes just so that I'm not on the page. But <laughs> where was I? Oh, yes, the depths of my mind. I think I did intermediate that year. Um, but after intermediate, um, I jumped up to novice, which there were like two sets of people in novice, the people who, and this is all IJS at this point. Um, so 6.0 tends to be lower levels. Um, and then, but nowadays like everything is IJS, which is really good. Um, but, um, this is all IJS at this point and, um, about half of the people at Novice are really good, like landing double axles and a triple or two consistently. And then the other half are were people like me um, who just kind of weren't, were a little old to be an intermediate. Um, and so we're moving up and we're kind of testing through. Um, testing through meaning um, that you are just, that you're testing all of your free skates um, and not really planning on being super competitive because at that point, you know, you don't have triples, you're not going to be super competitive. And I didn't want to stay down at intermediate. So there I was a novice. Um, I <laughs> skated terribly. Oh, my long program was terrible. My short program was fantastic. It was Elvis. It was great. My long program was burned from Hamilton and I was really excited to have that program, but I did not, I did not do well. Um, I said at the time, at least, that um, it was because my skates were uh, loose, and they probably were. Um, but, you know, 
I, I just, I really, I think I got dead last um, at that competition. And, you know, I was usually a middle-of-the-pack type of skater. I wasn't a dead last type of skater. So that, that hurt. But at the same time, at that same competition, was the first time I did solo dance. And solo dance uh, is a series where... Um, I think I told you earlier, it might have been a different take, honestly, but I think I told you earlier that it is at a different nationals than, uh, they have a different national championships than regular, um, or I say regular nationals, which has free skate, um, partner dance, and, um, and pairs. And in the last couple of years, they moved it to be only, um, junior and senior, they moved nationals to be only junior and senior, which before I think it went down to uh, juvenile. I think it went down to juvenile. Because um, it makes sense for like no test, pre-pre, and preliminary, and pre-juve not to be at nationals. Um, but at this point, it feels about right. And um, it um, encourages people not to sandbag, sandbagging like we talked about earlier, it encourages people not to sandbag because um, they would perform well at nationals, even if they were at like an intermediate level. So if you want to skate at nationals, you're going to have to be junior or senior level. Um, so solo dance has a completely different nationals and it's a, it's a series. So whereas free skate, you would go to regionals. And if you make the top four at regionals, I think it's four. Yeah. It's either four or six. Uh. Um, then you move on to um, sectionals. And then if you make the top four there, I really think it's four. Um, if you make the top four there, then you move on to nationals. Um, and then if you make the top four at nationals, you medal and you're a national med medalist. Um, and if it's an Olympic year and if you're a senior level, um, if you're top three in free skate and in partner dance, then you make it to the Olympics. If you're um, top two in pairs, because of how we rank internationally in pairs, um, if you're top two in pairs, then you make it um, to the Olympics in pairs, which is, this is an Olympic year, so that just happened, which is extremely exciting. Maybe I'll talk about nationals in my next podcast, which maybe I'll record at the same time as this one. Who knows? Um, we shall see. But solo dance is a series. So um, at the time I started, um, it was 6.0, which irked me a little bit, but the last couple years it has been IJS. So that's good, and it means it's getting a little bit more um, recognition. It's a little bit more of an adult, not the child at the table, you know. Um, but at the time I started, um, there was um, it was an IJ it was an ISI type of system, which is the 6.0 system. Um, it was the 6.0 system. And um, it was based on ordinals. So if you get first place at a competition, you get nine points. And they only take three of your competitions into consideration. And so if you get three wins, then you go automatically. And then the rest of it is based off of um, what placement you got. So if you get second, you get eight points. Third, you get seven, and so on and so forth. Um, so... That's how you qualify for Solo Dance Nationals. And Solo Dance Nationals also happens much earlier in the year than quote-unquote real nationals does. Um, it happens in about September. And all of these things happening in September for me, isn't that kind of funny? Um, but happened in, it happens in September rather than in January when quote-unquote 
regular nationals takes place. Um, so we decided to do solo dance that year just kind of for fun because um, Emma, who was the most amazing skater at our rink, I just adored her, wanted to be just like her, and I still think she's fantastic. She wanted to skate for Miami Synchro. She was amazing. Um, and I, you know, she was doing it. She was finding a lot of success in it, and so that was that was great. And so we decided to go for it. I was like, yeah, you know, I feel like Jamie will be successful at it. And um, so I started at juvenile, which for solo dance is the lowest level that you can compete at. Um, juvenile, intermediate, novice, junior, senior. Um, so that year I competed um, juvenile, and honestly, I don't remember what pattern dances I did, but I did pattern dances as well, and I made it to nationals. I made it to nationals for combined. Combined is where you do a free dance and where you do a pattern dance until you get to junior and senior. Then you do a free dance and you do what's called a rhythm dance, where essentially half of your program is a pattern dance and half of it is a um, is different elements. So I think it's one edge element, um, one twizzle section or sequence, one twizzle sequence, and one step sequence. Um, step sequences are just um, like a like a series of turns and twizzles, essentially. A twizzle sequence is where you do um, two twizzles, um, two or three, um, depending on how levels work out and stuff. Two or three twizzles in a row. And again, remember, those twizzles are our moving spins. Um, so... That's your rhythm dance. I love doing the rhythm dance. I'm going to get my rhythm dance for this season choreographed in May. This year, I'm getting a little bit of a late start to the season because I am in college, and I am also competing on the collegiate team here at Liberty, which is very exciting. Um, I love it. It's it's very different, and maybe we'll talk about that in the future. going to leave some things, you know. Um, but maybe we'll talk about um, the collegiate experience in the future. Right now, we're going to talk about um, solo dance. I made it to solo dance nationals my first season. I was, I was shocked. I was so excited. And, you know, I didn't do super well there, but again, it was, it was also, um, a 6.0 system, which is very, um, subjective. And so, um, that was amazing making it there. And, you know, I was disappointed that I didn't do super well, but who cares? You made it to nationals, you know? Um, and then the next year, um, we moved up to novice. We didn't do intermediate. We moved up to novice. And um, I think I did shadow dance. I Yeah, I did shadow dance that year um, with my partner, Bella. Um, we Shadow dance is where you and another person do the pattern side by side at the same time. You're doing the same steps. Um, it's not partnered. You're... Um, you're not, you know, you're not in a hold. You're not doing the, the different steps. You're doing the same steps at the same time, like she's your shadow or like you're her shadow. Um, so that was, that was a very fun experience. Um, you know, we, we, there were so little people in our level that we made it to nationals kind of automatically. Um, it was just if we like went to um, a competition <laughs> So that was super fun. I made it for only shadow dance that year. We knew that novice was going to be a stretch, but it's good to stretch yourself. And if I hadn't gone up to novice, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have stretched myself and I wouldn't be, um, 
as good of a skater as I am today, you know? And so the next year, uh, we did a very similar thing. We skipped junior. We went all the way up to senior. Um, and I loved that program. If any of you guys are familiar with Waitress, that was the, um, that was the song I did. I did, um, I didn't plan it. And, uh, she used to be mine, both from Sarah Bareilles's, um, version of the songs. So her Waitress is a, is a musical based on a movie that Sarah Bareilles wrote the musical. Um, she was inspired by that movie. So, um, her, she sung her own versions of those songs and those were the ones that I skated to. Um, and I loved that program. Uh, that was the first program that we had, um, had Logan help adjust for us. So that was really cool. Um, and that was the first time I got to do a rhythm dance, which was so much fun. And it was kind of scary because um, I hadn't done anything like it. But now I love rhythm dances. Um, I The next season that I did was senior. Um, and that, you know, that essentially brings us up until last year because that season is when the COVID stuff happened. So I did not get to compete that season. I did not get to compete my beautiful free dance that was choreographed by Logan. I did not get to compete my beautiful rhythm dance that was choreographed by Kristen and polished by Logan. Kristen, my coach at RDV, um, whom I just, I adore to this day. She wished me happy birthday. How sweet is that, you know? I haven't taken a lesson from her just because of, you know, uh, circumstances. I haven't taken a lesson from her in like a year, a year and a half at this point. And she wished me happy birthday. I mean, just how sweet you know? Um, so I love Kristen and, um, Logan polished that program that she, um, uh, she created. Um, and he, he liked most of it. He was like, I, I like a lot of it. We'll just, I mean, we'll just adjust and perfect some of it. Um, but he didn't change a lot of it. So that was, that was a good sign, uh, for Kristen. She was happy about that. Um, because, you know, Olympic alternate person who, you know, if, if it had been, you know, not the most amazing, uh, ice dancers, Marilyn Charlie, would have gone to the Olympics. Like, if it just weren't that exact group of three people, they would have gone. Like, they're amazing. Um, Logan and his partner. Um, so I had the privilege to get that program choreographed by, that, by him, and I didn't get to compete it um, that year. And then, so the, it was like a year and a half after those programs were choreographed. I was keeping up with them uh, because, well, I thought I was going to compete them in um, college, but the season ended up getting canceled. Um, and the rhythm dance, I wouldn't have been able to compete at college anyway, but I, I still wanted to keep it up because um, the fin step, which is the dance that was within that rhythm dance, was um, very difficult. So I wanted to keep that up just to keep my skills sharp, you know? And so I, um, I went to one competition last summer, Orange Blossom, um, and I didn't do... Um, I didn't do the solo dance series and I really at Orange Blossom, I found my love of skating again, you know, because you're off of the competition route for so long that you forget, um, how much you not just love skating and love performing. Cause at that point I'm like, I'll just run off, you know, with the, with the ice shows and just perform. You forget how much you love the technicality of it and the structure that is there and, um, the clear places where you can improve because you get your short your scoring sheets back in IJS you like you get you get your sheets back and you can look at them and you'd say oh okay this is why 
well, this is why you didn't get the level there. This is why you didn't get that level. Well, this is why you got negatives. And, oh, maybe we can put that there. And, oh, I thought that was going to get a level, but we'll adjust this. So it'll, and so it's, it's all of that, you know, very analytical stuff that, you know, if you'd have asked me a couple of years ago and be like, Jamie, do you love <laughs> figure skating analytics? I would have been like, heck no. But it's like a fish that doesn't know that it's in water. You know, you re you get out of water and then you're suddenly dunked back into the water. and You're like, dang, I missed water. You know, like this is the stuff that was that was making this so exciting. Um, and so that really inspired me to um, now this year I am competing in the solo dance series. So that is where I am now. Um, I just got my my long program, my free dance done by Logan Um I went over the Christmas break, over part of the Christmas break. Um, and I went to Dallas and had this beautiful program to uh, Florence and the Machines cover of Tiny Dancer choreographed. Um, and um, I'm going to the solo dance camp, um, which is uh, essentially like a seminar for solo dancers. So I'm going to the solo dance camp in February, the weekend after our collegiate competition here. And I am just so enthralled to be back in it, you know. As a figure skater, you go to college and, you know, this is a really long podcast, so I'll stop after this tangent. But as a figure skater, you go to college and you think that it's over. <laughs> like, like you think that your your career is over. Um, you, you just do. Because... You know, it's it's not your parents driving you there anymore. It's not your parents arranging it anymore. If you choose to continue to skate in college, you have to love it. Like, there are a lot of girls that they um, try to continue to skate in college. They didn't have a team to be on. And, you know, it fell away. Even though they were good, even though they loved it, it it's hard. And even if you're on a team, it's hard. You know, it's... You get caught up in other things because there's so many new things to to try and so many new adventures in college, which are amazing. You know, I've never give up those new adventures, um, but it makes you realize when you go back to it and not just, you know, I never left skating. I never quit skating, but going back to that super competitive aspect makes you go, man, I love this. You know, I love it. And there's nothing else I'd rather be doing. And you know what? If there's a sacrifice that needs to be made for me to continue to do this, then I'll, then I'll make it. Like, if I need to move to Dallas, Texas to be a competitive partnered ice dancer, then heck yeah, that's what I'm doing. Like, you, you realize just how much you're willing to sacrifice for this, you know? And I really love that. I really love that that I have this new that I have this new fire about it, you know, cuz it and you know, the thing that I've been saying to to some people in in my life over the past couple day over the past couple weeks is I'm good. Like I could be really good at partnered ice stance if I was given the chance. I could be really really good. And you know, it's almost reminding yourself that. Um, and it's really interesting because nothing on the, nothing 
has changed. Like, I've come back. I'm doing classes. I have a very similar schedule to what I had last semester. I'm coming back. I'm skating on the same team, you know, with the same people. I mean, different program. But what's changed is the inside. I mean, heck, I haven't even I haven't even told Logan that I want to do partnered ice dance. But seeing myself as, as a person who is going to be um, a competitive a highly competitive ice skater, it changes the way you treat yourself. You know, you go, ooh, well, I should start stretching because I'm going to need to be flexible if I could do that lift. You go, oh, well, I'm I'm going to have to really be mindful of how I'm taking care of my body. Oh, maybe I should take the bus a little bit more because walking on these hips, I mean, walking on these hills is doing havoc on my hips or it's hurting my knees or you know, maybe I should wear my supportive shoes today or, you know, it's just those little things like, uh, remember, you gotta drink water today because as an athlete, that is a, that is a, you know, that is a habit that you have to keep and, you know, oh, I should, just thinking about, oh, when I, when I'm in Dallas, I'll, um, this is what I'll get from the grocery store and, oh, well, when I'm in Dallas, how am I going to do this? And, you know, I can't get my protein in today. Um, you know, I gotta, I gotta make sure to eat enough to fuel my body so that I don't hurt myself. I gotta make sure to do these spins because spins are, are a big part of partnered ice dance. Or even I did partnered lessons over the Christmas break when I got back. Um, and just looking back at those videos and being like, okay, this is what I did wrong. And, you know, I even get a little frustrated with myself because I'm like, oh, if I had one more lesson, then I could have fixed that, you know, when... It's useless to be mad at yourself like that, but that's that's what it is. It's going going back and looking, um, and and looking at yourself in a different way. You know, it changes the way that you value yourself and 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 your body. Like, it's like, oh, if I'm going to be a competitive, if I want to reach these goals, I really got to take care of my body. Like, my body is very important. It's like, oh, if I have to, if I'm going to reach these goals, I got to take care of my mental health because. You know, you don't want to you don't want to spin out um, mentally and lose that that opportunity. It's really, really, um, it's really, really interesting. Um, so, I mean, we'll see if this goes anywhere. I am not boys are so scant in this sport. I'm not guaranteed a partner. I'm not guaranteed anything in this life. But, you know, I know that you know, from some past experiences, I know that, that just the working for something bigger than yourself, and a goal bigger than make it to the end of the day, make it to the end of the semester, makes you a better person. And it, it makes you a harder worker, and you see what you can do, you know, and so Anyway, I hope that you enjoyed the inaugural episode of Oh, James. Um, <laughs> hopefully, I will um, I will have my friends Alicia and Haley, who kind of created that. I would say that the main creator of that phrase is Haley. Um, and uh, Alicia is definitely a perpetuator of that phrase. Oh, James. I'll see you on next week's episode of O James, um, where I don't know what I'll be talking about. Might be figure skating, might not be figure skating, um, might be Marvel, 
you know, might be just a funny story from my week, like I said. Um, but as you can tell from listening to this podcast, figure skating is a big part of my life and probably something I'll be offhandedly um, referencing in the future. So if I ever reference anything, um, you know, that you're a little confused about, then you can just always come back to this episode and watch it. Um, I hope that you have a stellar rest of your day. Um, and smile. Smile a little bit more. That's what I would say. We all deserve it. We all deserve a little more joy in our lives. If only we can find it. Have a beautiful rest of your week, beautiful people. I will see you on O James.